You're listening to the Sexual Wellness Sessions with Kate Moyle. Today's episode was brought to you by Blueheart, the easy-to-use, expert-designed app for couples who are experiencing difficulties with libido, one of the most common sexual challenges that couples come up against. Blueheart are challenging the taboo around the subject by making getting help and advice more accessible. Blueheart is removing some of the barriers to make sex therapy possible for everyone. They offer expert-led therapeutic techniques, activities, education and guided conversations, all from the app so that you can prioritise your relationship and sexual well-being in a way that works for you at your own pace. The Blueheart app is available to download now on Android and iPhone. Today we're going to be talking about menopause, which is a transitional process for women and people who have periods. Now, while some aspects of menopause are more commonly discussed, talked about, known about, I feel like it's a topic that we don't have enough mainstream conversations about, particularly when we think about tackling it from a holistic point of view. So that's discussing aspects like identity, physical changes, physiological changes, and the emotional and psychological and relationship impact that this massive time of change can have for some people. So I am super excited to be having this conversation with the fabulous Meg Matthews, who founded the amazing platform Meg's Menopause, which hosts a range of blog posts, products, information, all discussing different facets of menopause. And Meg has also written her hit book, The New Hot, taking on the menopause with attitude and style. Just a heads up, we had a couple of technical difficulties with this episode, so the sound quality in some places isn't perfect. And because of that, we're going to pick up the conversation with Meg talking about why she wrote her book. Also, I found that lots of menopause books, which is lots and lots of fonts, lots of pages and pages of writing. And for me, I've got ADHD and dyslexia. So I would, you know, women would send me these amazing books, but I couldn't hold. And also when you've got foggy brain or anxiety, trying to hold the concentration and and to look at all this chapter after chapter. So I really wanted this book just to be this pick up and put down. If you're in the bath or or next to the bed, it's colourful and illustrations and boxes and different fonts and, you know, and my funny stories, but then a great expert, then um, a solution. So covering everything really. So, you know, it's not, wasn't just like, oh my God, I'm just reading chapter after chapter of an expert. You know, you want to sort of feel, I wanted people to feel that they were like, it was like reading like, I don't know, when you used to have like, um, growing up, you'd have your favourite magazine, you know, and, you know, you'd get to, you'd be flicking through it and it just felt like you were talking to your girlfriend. Mm. That's what I wanted it to come across. They are subjects that, you know, even within your girlfriend's, especially when um, you don't mind talking about maybe a hot sweat, but there's something that that people find embarrassing about saying they lost a libido. And when I started talking openly about it, you know, people were like shocked, you know, but I was just like, no, it does happen and it will happen. And it's really high on the 34 symptoms because, you know, the lack of estrogen, the lack of progesterone, the lack of, of testosterone, um, you know, it, it all is what, and also it's what Mother Nature wanted it to happen because 
if I was in me in in like in in the caveman or back in, or living in my village and I was the wise woman of the village, I couldn't be running around and fornicating with all the young warriors because I wouldn't be producing children. So, you know, I would be the wise woman sitting there looking after the children, telling stories, telling my experience of my life. I wouldn't be running around, um, you know, you know, like I said, fornicating and because it, it that, that just wouldn't just wouldn't have worked in that world, you know. And I think that's that's another reason. And, and we're living a lot older and we look, you know, like I'm 55. But, you know, you think, oh, my God, 55, you know, if I would have said that when I was 20, it seemed really old. Now I think it feels like I'm 35, you know, because we look after ourselves a lot better. We eat a lot better. You know, we understand our bodies a lot better. We, you know, it's all about, you know, self-care and self-love is so important. And I think this generation, more than anything, is probably the generation that does this. Other than, you know, like, you know, um, my parents' generation, which, you know, they, you know, we didn't talk, talk about, you know, the gut biome and the being the second brain and all these new things that we're learning. And I just think it's, you know, so when it came out that I decided to be completely honest and I broke up with my partner over it because I still wanted to be intimate, but a male and a women, it is like, you know, women are from Venus and men are from Mars. Because for me to be intimate was I wanted cuddles. I wanted to be stroked. I wanted to be caressed. I wanted to be kissed. But I didn't actually want to have physically intercourse, not because it wasn't painful or because I, I, I was dry down there because I wasn't and I'm, I'm not today, even though I do make my own loops called Lotion Motion for women because uh, they were vegan and, and, and organic and I didn't want silicon in them. But just because that feeling of like having sex sometimes, it's a weird feeling. It just felt like, I wouldn't say rape, but it just felt like I, I just wasn't connecting with that person. Um, in, in, um, in physically and mentally. And for me, mentally, for me to have an orgasm, I have to be connected mentally. I, physically, when I'm just masturbating is easy because I can get a bullet and I can get a vibrator and I know exactly what I need to do for myself. But when I'm connecting with, a, with another person, it has to be mentally and physically. And also we know in the menopause it's harder to reach an orgasm. And then also when you, you know, when, when the sex sort of, you know, the, the libido or the drive goes, it sort of happens over such a period you don't really notice it. You know, you just remember like being younger and saying, you know, when you're not going out with somebody, you're like, oh, you know, when you don't have sex for a long while, you just don't miss it. Well, you know, it could be two weeks and then, and then, four weeks and then six weeks and then cozy and flannel pajamas and, and a movie and cuddling up with your dog and then all of a sudden it's like gosh where's it gone mm. and also men also at this age as well in their 50s it's very easy for them I and mean, then most men I know that I speak to or have had partners they will just take a Viagra they just buy from Boots and as long as they, you know, it's it's them getting a hard-on or an erection, which is the thing that they find hard. But once they've got that going, it just kicks in for them. 
and it just becomes but for women I think it's like I said it, it's a very mental and physical like I say I you know I really you know tell women that they should masturbate at least three or four times a week you know because it keeps it going it's like going to the gym if you go to the gym you keep fit but if you keep you know and it comes easier to have an orgasm and you you know and I also I'll also say to women you know when did you when did you last ever sit in front of the mirror and open your legs and look at your vagina and know that you know that you know I can have an orgasm through my clitoris like within 30 seconds but within inside you've got 80 percent more of those nerve endings inside so you need to be in touch and to know yourself Hmm. am I talking to if I talk too much tell me no I love it and I was you know one of the interviews that I heard you give um and was one of the reasons that I wanted to ask you today is I remember as you said your gynecologist recommended masturbation yeah she told me to do she said do not you know if you if you know she said you need to make an effort with your partner you need to dress up you need to feel sexy you need to do this and she also said to me and I'm telling you Meg do not stop masturbating you know and go out there so you know I have an range of amazing um sex toys and um you know, they can arrange from, you can buy a bullet for like five pounds to, I have some that are like 280 pounds. They're actually like robotic. They're phenomenal. It's like beyond what they are. But yeah. I love, I love that the mass, that masturbation kind of came into, came into that conversation. What we know also is that masturbation, the pleasure that touch takes blood flow to the genitals, oxygenates uh, tissue and that can kind of keep tissue healthy, that oxygenation of tissue kind of keeps it healthy, but can also, the arousal process being encouraged can help with lubrication. So just on a, not even a, this feels good for me, I'm giving myself pleasure, I'm enjoying my body, I'm experiencing my body in a different way, but the the physical aspect can help something as well. And I think that's the, the side of it we don't often hear talked about. Yeah, no, you're, you're right there because... When we have an orgasm, we think of all those billions and billions of cells throughout our body, what we feel, everything is like, boom, isn't it? It's like enlightened. And there was a survey um, I once read that that women that did masturbate um, basically um, got um, basically promoted more at work than women that didn't. I don't know where they came across that, but I did read that once. And I was like, you know, it is a spring in your step. It does. And like you say, the blood flow down there is so important because the vagina is like, it's like, you know, um, we know that the lack of estrogen, um, it leads to the collapse of the pelvic floor. And the pelvic floor is like that whole hammock of muscles that runs from the anus right the way along. And, you know, and then I never knew that Tenor Lady was like this multi-million pound business, which was... I used to see this, you know, when I was younger, there's these uh, really good looking gray haired ladies jumping through fields and they'd be wearing tenor lady. I never put two and two together until like six years ago, until I started to 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 become aware of this and then be in the gym and be on a rebounder or on the treadmill. And I used to love wearing like sort of tan beige color leggings and and uh, sports bras. And then I was like, my trainer used to like be stretching me at the end and I'd be like, you know, I'd have to laugh and just say, that's not a sweat patch. 
I said, that's just a trickle. And he would laugh. But I had to say it because, you know, to make a joke out of it. But but I'm that confident that I would say that. So I can understand a lot of women that would feel very embarrassed about that, that, mm. you know, and and they don't understand that. And like when you're saying, you you know, um, when I speak into my um, ladies that, that do waxing in this uh, this company, it's quite a big company. They said they can tell a menopause vagina because the lips are so flat because we have our collagen in our faces. We have our collagen in our vaginas. And, you know, when you think of her like a baby girl, um, you know, how plump that the vagina looks and then you know I remember I used to always have like a, a Brazilian or all off and then all of a sudden I was looking down there I was like it's completely changed it looks completely different so I think mm. I'll keep with the 70s look now you know <laughs> just to keep it looking like that because it does not suit that anymore and these are things that you have to be aware of. and also um as we're talking about this that's why I also made um my wash uh the blossom laugh because the ph balance is 3.5 and i have really expensive like shower gels like you know rem and e and and um how do you say asop or whatever they're like you know 40 pounds or whatever but you know you wash away your body but when i would wash my face if i put that shower gel on my face i'd be like oh no no get the shower gel off oh no no i have really expensive face wash for my face but then I would be washing the vagina and I think, God, it stings now and then, but mm. never think anything of it. And then finding out the more I, more I was reading and learning. And then I was just like, oh. but when I looked in boots, I didn't want all those femme fresh and vaggy fresh and those awful name ones, you know, mm. and I wanted it to be vegan and I wanted it to be sustainable. And I made them in sugarcane husk. So I wanted it to look pretty and pink as well, because I had a, a, a place full of, um, house full of teenagers that if their shower was busy they would be using mine and I just thought you know next to my bed as well I didn't want Durex or KY jelly I mean KY gel to me at my age means just like anal sex for some reason yeah. so I made motion lotion so it was vegan and there was an oil base and a water base and you know everyone took the mickey you know when I started doing all this stuff you know why are you doing this and they, I said it's everything that I was looking for yeah and you know you need to keep it there and I said I used lubed in my 20s so why is all of a sudden everyone got a problem in their 50s I used it throughout my sex life to enjoy sex and I would say to these women you know what, if you do this to your partner and you bring the lube out and you start the foreplay and you start putting it all over 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 his penis and start playing with this lube, he's going to think all the cows have come home at once. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you're about to give him more pleasure. I said, you don't have to make a big thing like this is the lube and I need it. Bring it into the foreplay because you start doing that to him he will just blow his mind mm. probably be dreaming of that or watching <laughs> watching porn for years waiting for that to happen three of my top ingredients for um a good health a good sex life are curiosity communication and lube i recommend lube to yeah everyone and i gave <laughs> it gonna... i gave it out in my antenatal classes so like the girls in my antenatal class i have samples of it in my office i talk about it all the time Oh, you're like me. You're a girl from my own heart. I'm so pleased. I am going to send you mine, definitely. 
I mean, I would love to. I mean, it's in Boots and it's in, uh, but it's not as big as, um, I, I mean, I'd love to be able to afford to do it like, yes, and, and, and make it a prescription, but it costs thousands of pounds to, mm. to cross over into that world. Um, I don't but yes, so brilliant. But I mean, you know, I think the reality of these conversations is it's about finding what works for you. You know, like I'm a huge fan of Yes, and I think they have done such amazing, amazing work mm. kicking down the door and being like, hi, we're here. We can help. Those women. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I just wanted to make mine pretty and pink and I just so wanted to call it motion lotion. <laughs> so I was like so excited to do that. That mm. um that's the reason. Yeah. Also, I wanted to make my mine mine, like I said, everything all there's no plastic. It's made out of sugarcane husk. So that was another big thing I was very adamant about making. But like you said, I love your things. Communication, lube, it's all about that. And and it is about having that conversation. And, and bringing it up with your girlfriends. And so many of my girlfriends, like a lot of them, would deny it. And I, I'm just like, gosh, you know, you, you know, oh no, my sex life is great. I'm absolutely fine down there. Everything is. Maybe you are, but the, the, the likelihood is that you're not all, you know mm. what I mean? Because as you know, um, the vagina, the, the, it can get very paper thin and it can tear and it can be painful. We have that awful word, vaginal, is it atrophy? Vaginal atrophy, yeah. Which that word alone is like, Terrifying. when they took my coil, coil, coil out, um, the woman said, I said, look, I'm really embarrassed. You're taking my coil out. This was like, I was like 49. So it was like six years ago. And um, she's, I said to her, look, I've had thrush. I said, so I'm a bit embarrassed. And then when she took it out, she said, make you haven't got thrush. The whiteness I can see around is I think it could be the start of vaginal atrophy or that other word, Lishkin, whatever it Lishkin is. Lishkin Right? So I'm like there, I'm like, what, this is another thing? This yeah. is another whole thing? So also I'm reading that my vagina could shrink that way and this way. It could be paper thin. Um, you know, I might not even be able to go for a smear. I need dilators. I'm like, you know what I mean? Other than everything else that's happening to me, the brain frog, the aching joints. Mm. So the other biggest pleasure of now is I could have a collapsed pelvic floor. My vagina could just dry up. Sex can be painful. I mean, it's, it's, and that's why we need to talk so openly about it. Because Mm. else you just read all this stuff. And I didn't have either of those things. They gave me some cortisol. Uh, I didn't have vaginal atrophy because I've read like Jane Lewis's book and stuff and these women mm. they can't even wear wear jeans and the chafing of you know your when you want to go training and um, it sounds like I'm just I'm just basically um, promoting my products but I made a balm for this as well so that after you because I used to put you know you put your cream on you cream all your body and oil your body every day but then you don't want to put that on your vagina because also that might be perfume. So I made a yeah. balm as well. So basically I put a balm there because it would stop me, you know, being irritated or or chafing on jeans. And I thought, How, I, I don't go and work in an office, but you can imagine wearing tights all day. Mm. I yeah. mean, that, that, all these little things that I've never been discussed or talked about for women. The everydayness you know, of kind of dealing with something like this and the everydayness and that was something I wanted to talk to you about because I mean 34 common symptoms of menopause we hear about the big ones I 
the, you hear about like the hot flashes and you know, the insomnia and obviously period stopping. So we kind of classify menopause as 12 months without periods. That kind of is where we move yeah. from perimenopausal to menopausal. Yeah. But for the purpose of this conversation, I think it's important to say we're not talking about um, premature menopause or kind of early menopause. We're kind of talking about the, um, I suppose, kind of sta- a standardized age range when we yeah. see people going through menopause because I think there's almost a separate conversation to be had about early menopause or surgical menopause or medical menopause. Um, but mm. 34 symptoms. And I know that, for example, you said and you mentioned earlier, you were having anxiety and brain fog. And when you first went to your doctor, you were described antidepressants. And yeah. that that in itself is also so confusing. And I think there's a huge social kind of emotional psychological part to this which is what is happening to my body I'm out of control of this I don't know what to expect I don't know what's coming next I haven't heard anything about this like what's going on and yeah there's a whole other side of it that I guess I wanted to take part in this conversation which is that because I don't know that there's many things that I think there's 34 common symptoms symptoms. Mm. no and the other thing is, it's not like our GP's fault. It's like you're a specialist in your in in your um, say career in your, in in what you study, aren't you? Mm, yeah, but a general field, yeah. GP, yeah, in your field, that's the word. That's the foggy brain for you. So <laughs> in your field, but you know, our GPs um, they only get three hours, and some curriculums don't even have it on the menopause but that is all the old menopause that's when we would you know be taking um synthetic hrt where you were told you could only take it for five years and and you would hold off until you were like maybe 57 because you wanted to only have five years of this but we now know that it's all about prevention so the earlier you take hrt the better it is for osteoporosis for, you know, we know that one out of two women will have osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Two out of three women will get strokes or heart attacks because estrogen protects the heart. It also stops the hardening of the arteries, uh, dementia, diabetes. And my symptoms were not, I never had a hot flush. Um, they were mental issues, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So for me, I went very insular. I, I didn't leave my house for three months. I, um, the anxiety was through the roof. I was always a bit of a worrier, but the anxiety was like, I couldn't even have eye contact. I catastrophized everything and they just kept giving me antidepressants, but this wasn't working because the antidepressants was the wrong, wrong hormone, what I needed. So when I eventually went to an AA meeting as a recovering alcoholic and shared that you know I, I might as well have a drink because I'm going to be 50 in three months and you know if this is what life has dealt me I thought wow I've made it to 50 I've got an amazing 20 year old uh whatever she was then she wasn't she was like 15 year old daughter you know um I've been married I've had successful businesses I've reached 50 I was like, I reached 50 and I feel the worst I've ever felt. Mm. Um, you know, I've had a very colourful 90s, I've said before, and a very colourful 80s. And my mum used to always say, Meg, this lifestyle is going to catch up with you one day. And then all of a sudden in my head, I was embarrassed because I was like, oh, my God, maybe it has caught up with me yeah. because I can't remember anything. 
I don't know where I put my keys. Can't even remember my daughter's birthday. Uh, I would they go put the kettle on, and that few seconds would think I had dementia, mm. or I just I'd mucked up my nervous system because why was I so anxious and so dysregulated? Yeah, and now who do you go and talk to that about? Yeah. I mean. Who do you say? I think I'm basically, you know, and I got to such a low point that it got very dark for me. And, um, but luckily I was able to go to a place where I could share honestly and safely in a room, in a church hall. And I, and a woman tapped me on the shoulder at the end and said, I think you're going through the menopause. And I was just like, oh, you cheeky cow. I look great for my age. <laughs> you know, oh, my God, I'm not the golden girls. I don't like my grand. Who do you think you are? But then the penny dropped. You know, when you get that, she gave me her number. And I was a bit like, okay, whatever. You know, it's probably just my great rock and roll lifestyle. It's not the menopause. Who do you think? And also, I did think I was not going to go through the menopause. I was like, friends that were going through this when I was about 40. They were about 48, whatever. And I'd see them having hot flushes and they would talk about this. I was like, I gave birth in an hour and 15 minutes. I got up and had a shower. I never had a, a period pain. I got, I was always games captain. I never was ever had a day off going, oh my God, I've got period pain. I had a little bit of when I used to ovulate, get that hollow pet feeling. Mm. But I never had any of that. So I just was like very cocky. Just thought it might and happen then, and not really notice or that it would just and kind of. Then, yeah. Just whatever what I and society had taught me and had what it well had told me. And then when it happened to me, I was so angry with society that my what my life had completely my relationship finished. Uh I couldn't leave the house. I then, you know, I just was like depressed in a low place. I had burning mouth syndrome. I, you know, um, would like you know couldn't even make it to the gym I put on weight everything was mm. just happening and that's what made me come out and use my platform because I just thought no there's 13 million women in the UK going through this and there's no help out there and it's not our GP's fault because you to to be a menopause specialist you need to re-go and retrain again mm -hmm. so when you go you know and that's why in my book and on my website I explain to women you know Please go, when you go to a GP, go armed with knowledge. Knowledge is power. You know, mm -hmm. not every, I spoke to a, um, um, Dr. Naomi Potter, who's amazing. And she was like, look, I couldn't remember everything about prostate cancer. So I would have to type in and look up. The same way as when you go in, you need to say, or you're on the phone, you just say, look, I'm going through this, this and this. And these symptoms, type them in. Mm. look it up read the book everything is available everything that I talk about in my book or on my IGTVs I do everything that's available on the NHS so everything I get privately which is called body identicals which is a very very low risk for, for breast cancer um, if there's thousand women in the room eight people will get breast cancer out of those eight they will either be drinking two units of alcohol a day or be a beast, or will be getting breast cancer. So it's a very, it's that frightening what the tabloids and the press made us scared of. But once you take that, we do also know testosterone doesn't work for everybody, but it can bring your your um, sex drive back. Mm. It didn't work for me. 
Um, they say after, I think it's six weeks or six months that if you take it, I still take it because it's still a very important hormone for women to take. And women go to me, have you grown a beard? Have your voice got deep? You know, it's like, no, I already pluck hairs from my chin. I pluck a hair from my nipple, but I've been doing that because that's the age that I'm at, mm. you know. And, um, you know, but it's still an important hormone to put it back into your body. But, of course, in this country, uh, the testosterone has only ever been made for men. We have not made a testosterone for women. That has to come from Australia and it has to be private. Mm. And one of the things you just said there is that if people are having these symptoms and they're thinking, where do I go with this? Like, what do I do? There's something I often talk to people about with any sexual problem or like problem like around like where there's um, a collection of symptoms is I say like try and make a symptom diary and then take that to your doctor and say look for the last two or three months this is what I've been going through uh these are happening on this date or this is how I know how regularly it's happening because it's really informative for also you but also your doctor and the other thing about menopause and perimenopause is it's not just linear it's not just that it starts and it might be consistent or that it's going to be exactly the same every month. And I think that's also really confusing for people. It's up and down and it's yeah. not It's not kind of like you, it kind of clicks into gear and then it starts and it's yeah. a straight line. It's wholly unpredictable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I speak to women that are perimenopausal, they when they, they could have like PMS, so that week when their estrogen levels drop, that's when they want to eat pounds of chocolate or they want to stab their husband or they're screaming at the kids. Then they have their period for another week. Then within their whole cycle, some women only get like three or four days because they're already perimenopause in their four, early 40s and it can last for 10 years, which means those other days when their estrogen levels are dropping, they are feeling, you know, no energy or, you know, you know anxious or whatever so they can sometimes only get four days out of their whole cycle that they're feeling good and I now look back at my 40s and I used um you know self um self not diagnosed but like self-medicated a lot with alcohol to make me go out or to and now I look back I think I was perimenopausal because I was thinking god why is everyone else seem to be all right and I just think I'm not feeling that 100% I just feel like staying in mm. you know and I think that I used alcohol as a crutch then in those early 40s mm. to get me through to think oh, I'll have a couple of glasses of wine I'll be fine I'll be sociable and of course that works but it, it's eventually it's, it stops working but for some people, you know, they actually find that menopause and HRT can really impact the impact of alcohol yeah. on them. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. It, it's because uh, our liver is already trying to um, work over with uh, getting rid of all these hormones. So it's working twice as hard anyway. So then when you're putting the alcohol in, our livers, you know, they just it, they can't really work 100% efficient. And, you know, leaves you with all these, um, you know, people waking up with a lot of anxiety. Um, You know, it's and and women find that white wine, they get drunk very, Mm. very quickly. That one is always um, the one that people talk about. Yeah, yeah. white wine. They go, I used to be able to drink white wine. Now I don't drink white wine because I'm so drunk after two glasses. I don't know what it is with women and white wine. Someone should definitely do a very big study on that because it's mm. every time I speak to someone, they go, I can't drink white wine anymore. It makes me go loopy or I get, you know, mm. I lose the plot with it. 
but it's you know and also the other thing is I noticed that um women you know a lot of women that I speak to they um they basically um will get drunk just so that they could have sex with their partners Mm -hmm. and that's the only reason and one one woman told me this story which is so sad that it was her her wedding anniversary and her husband was taking her to Paris for a really romantic weekend and she was so worried that she stopped in the chemist at the Eurostar at Boots and she bought cystitis medication and accidentally let it drop on the table when she opened the handbag and her husband was like oh my gosh because I know I've got cystitis Mm. so uh I won't be able to be we won't be able to have sex and um you know but that's how much that she calculated and was worried that she was just going to have to have a weekend and it would be painful painful sex is such a big I I think painful sex is you know we talked about vaginal atrophy earlier but painful sex is such a side effect of menopause because of the estrogen fluctuation because of the estrogen depletion we see Mm. an impact on the kind of vaginal tissue but the sexual arousal process so there's less natural lubrication and I think that in itself kind of commonly or in society or when it gets talked about is oh you're not turned on enough like that's the kind of standard line of line of inquiry so therefore the it's, it feels like it's kind of positioned in that partner that as problematic. Whereas actually, if we can understand there is a hormonal level of change which might make it more difficult, and that there is a quite you know cost-effective and easy way of helping, which is lubricant, yeah. then telling both partners that I think is really important, not just women, but also um yeah if they're in different sex relationships male partners then it's a conversation I often have with people for example who are breastfeeding because again we see an estrogen depletion vaginal dryness and how much easier would it make lots of people's postnatal sex lives if they just knew that that was going on and it took a layer yeah. of that what is going on for me here has this changed am I not attracted to my partner anymore what's going on why am I not feeling turned on like is it do I have a problem am I broken like all of these thoughts that go through people's heads and I think the painful sex part is a big thing you know a big reason I also wanted to have this conversation and breaking that down is how do we find solutions to that how do we work creatively and sexually around something that might not be working at the moment while we look for another option or why we how do we continue to connect or feel connected but how do we also explain to our partners some relationships might have been you know people might have been together a really long time like 10 20 years yeah. and they had their whole lives together and suddenly sex has changed and yeah. how, how does that get explained particularly you know some couples never talk about sex it's just the, the not discussed thing yeah. in relationships and there's a there's an unfairness I think that comes with that being a problem, but also like that we don't feel we have the tools to say, okay, well, this, I I expected this might happen, or I'd heard that this might happen, or I know this has happened to other people. So it's something that we can deal with or approach rather than all of the internalizing. Yeah. But, but also it's like, as a woman and you're getting to the menopause, you feel like you're broken. 
Mm. You know, you're, you're the one thing that was, you know, should be. And also when we're younger, the other thing I think, which is, you know, from, from lots of porn or, you know, you're so wet down there, her knickers were so damp. That is like sort of a big turn on for men. Mm. And it's a lot that it's talked about, you know, she was so moist, that word. And, you know, she was so damp and so wet and was, you know, and, and then that's going through your head because you're like, well, that's not happening to me, but I still fancy you, but it doesn't. And it's, it is hard to explain and start talking all about mm. that. That's why, as you said, lube, I think is just bring that in. And as you say, bring it into foreplay. You know, you don't have to say, I'm having to do the lube bring it in because if you or unless you can talk to your partner um but it is like it's that one thing is like you know sex keeps you well it doesn't keep people together but it is a main thing and also the other thing is you know you know we do know you know the cliche the older man leaves for the younger woman because the woman at home and she's moaning and it's not that it's just because uh, you know she's all over the place and she might be a bit neurotic or she might you know not neurotic but emotional like I would cry at even like a an advert on tv or and then basically get angry because there's wet towels on the floor so then the husband's at home thinking oh my god so the cliche is he goes off and has an affair with a younger woman but also there's the point of like like me and and I'm single it's it's also meeting new people mm. and th- I mean growing old with someone I would think those women they're very lucky because for me I'm not so for me whenever I meet someone new there's I have to be very open about it and talk very openly about it because I'm a bit like you know um number one I'm sober so there has to be a real connection mm. mentally and physically and more mentally because, you know, after a few glasses of wine, I mean, I've done that in the past, you know, you just, you could just, it could be anybody really, but when you're actually in the moment and you're very present and also you have all these other things going on as well, you know, there needs to be communication else there, you know, there's not. And that's another thing. It's like, you know, leading up to sex it's like it's not like just the first night or the second night thing I now it's definitely has to be at least you know because being younger I, I mean I sound probably like I'm a slag but I remember like I would have sex on like you know the third date you know that was just the done thing but now it has I have to you know really know that I'm chemical you know physically attracted to them and I get those I have to get those sort of butterflies and I have to get that but also I know that mentally that has to work as well because to reach an orgasm and to climax unless I am so open with them that I say we bring toys into the relationship we bring lube into the relationship that probably just having missionary style back and forth sex I probably won't have an orgasm hmm. So it's a lot of talking has to be done. And so it has to be the right person. And it's about that kind of getting in the right headspace, isn't it? And I think that can, that's the case we see for anyone. Um, um, Desire, a a colleague of mine, um, Dr. Karen Gurney, who wrote Mind the Gap, you know, talks all about desire, but desire is that wanting to go towards something, that desire for, for example, if sex is painful or uncomfortable or not just that, but how we see ourselves, that identity part has changed, which lots of women experience in menopause. 
And so, or there's what we feel the society, you know, society's expectations that our partner will, or the person we're dating will assume those. And then we yeah. think, okay, that must be what's going on for them. So therefore they see me differently. All of that stuff can absolutely interrupt sexual desire. All of that yeah. stuff can completely dampen it, can interrupt our sexual arousal processes because sex suddenly becomes something that has a different meaning. Yeah, 100%. You, you really hit the nail on the head because when you're younger, it's it's a thing. You see someone across the room, you fancy them. I mean, that feeling of you just want to rip their clothes off and have that amazing, passionate, rampant, you know, sex. I mean, for me, I always, you know, it was, I always quite liked sex like that. The thought of lovemaking to me was a bit like I always wanted to have the hair pulled and, and be really like that. But that was what turned me on. Mm. But, you know, and and so, you know, to get that now, I've only had it a few times where I've walked down the street and I've hooked eyes with someone. And that is the time where I've been like, thank God it's still there, mm. you know, because, you know, I it was like, it was just like, that that instant looking at someone a complete stranger and getting that feeling and that arousal in your groin and in your stomach and really like quite embarrassed it can't double take or look at them but actually felt that aroused and when I had that that was the thing I was like thank god it is still there yeah it is still there and you know and that would have been a few years I think into my menopause that I hadn't had it and mm. I've had it about four times over six years but that time just always get, then it's like right okay great let's just hop home and uh we'll spend the afternoon in bed <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, there's, yeah, there's, with my, yeah. Yeah, my sex toys let's, but, let's play on it fantasy mm. think about it you know it, but I love that because I think things. it's that and I guess that's what I was going to ask is would you recommend um that women then explore that side of things on their own a physically to learn what might be changing in their body and bear in mind when we talk about perimenopause menopause it's a transitional phase so things might be changing yeah. all the time it's not just okay things have changed this is where I'm at that's how it's going to be forever now and I think that's an important thing to think is that people might need to you know what what might work for six months actually might not work as well or yeah. as consistently in six months time but there's that sense of um do you recommend that women explore that side of things on their own a so they can learn kind of that their desires might have changed or what they like might have changed or a certain type of stimulation might feel better than it used to or different than it used to or what might not work um what used to work might not work anymore but also it's a confidence thing as you said that relief yeah like oh thank god yes that still works that it the confidence part of it is a big facet of then taking that into partnered sexual experiences. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know a lot of, 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 of men, they get intimidated by vibrators and rabbits and sex toys because they, they in their head, it's like, oh, are they not good enough? And this is the other bit, because I have uh, friends of mine, you know, that their husband goes into the shower and they grab the bullet or, you know, um, I did give a friend of mine um, the sex toy that looked, it was like that and it has a big bauble on the top. 
and uh, he's a musician and she was she put it she was charging it in the bedroom and he said oh you bought me a microphone <laughs> she's like no not a microphone and he was like what she said oh um Red gave me some samples of things that she'd been sent <laughs> and he was like oh really oh she said yeah but he was not like oh my god you know, it, it wasn't like, can't wait, let's play together. He was a bit, like, put out a little bit. Mm. And some men are, and that's the other thing. It's like, you know, but I think you really need to, you know, it, you need to discover yourself. And I have um, girlfriends that I've sp- spoken to, which I, I can't really get my head around that, I, that were in their late their 30s, early 40s. And I was talking one day, and we were talking about masturbating. and. Uh, we're sitting in my bedroom and um they'd never had an orgasm but they've had lots of boyfriends they've had sex loads of times but they hadn't had an orgasm and I couldn't really get my head around that because I was like I always have an orgasm but I know that there's a difference between an a, a, a clitoral orgasm and then having an orgasm inside which is a completely phenomenal difference and it does feel different but I was just like, you need to just learn, girls. You need to just get yourself, you know, you can butt a bullet and just play around with your clitoris until you get that feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I started at a really early age. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was about nine or ten, mm-hmm. you know, playing on climbing frames and stuff. But I had no idea what I was doing. But I just knew that there was this sensation. Mm. so um but I and then I was very open with my daughter as well you know from a very early age um so I just think it's all about the conversation and there should be no shame in it it's one of the most pleasurable things that we should have and can do so why are we why do we look at it like okay so I say I watch porn or if you don't you know what want to watch porn there's there's magazines that glamour isn't there and and Marie Claire that will do an erotic women's 10 sites or things to watch, mm. you know. Um, but I just think that fantasy and and to, you know, to bring all that in and to, to be able to release and how brilliant it feels after. But you also, if you stop doing it, it will just die a death. It will do, mm. you know. Something you've will. just... You've just um really highlighted that I love is this idea of sexual wellness like across the lifetime and I think that um there's no there's no no time is too late like there's no time too late to kind of explore or try something new or be curious and you know especially in the world we live in there's kind of I mean sex tech is such an enormous growing space but if reading pornography or watching pornography doesn't work for you there's audio erotica you know like something that can help you there are guided um guided exercises apps which have guided touch-based exercises so that someone can kind of guide you like in the comfort of your own home in the privacy of your own home so that again you feel that you don't need the pressure of being like I don't know what to do and I don't know where to start and I think that there's so much um now it's available but so often people feel like oh it's too late or but it's just not and I love that you were saying that yeah yeah I was at I was doing a talk for Silk you know the other loop mm. once 
And um, I was talking with this um, lady and they were doing a helpline and they had a lady of 90 on there who basically started masturbating at 90. And and she was able to reach an orgasm and she was blown away. And the woman was telling me she was chatting to her on the phone and explaining and what to do and stuff. And um, and then when I think back as well, it's like I used to read Jilly Cooper books and get really turned on. Mm. Like, like oh, my man. God. You know <laughs> what I mean? I love Jilly Cooper. I'd just be like, oh, my gosh, you brought a new book out. And so-and-so would, you know, be on the farm and the stud and the horses and, you know, and I remember reading that. So, you know, even reading, like you said, erotic stuff can really arouse you. You don't have to watch porn. I mean, you say the word porn and, every, you know, people just think it's dirty or it's disgusting or whatever. And, of course, it can be. Some of it on there is when you go on planes like Pornhub or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, there is a lot of stuff on there that is pretty, you know, lots of advertisements and stuff like this. But um, like reading erotica is is amazing, really. Can it's really that get imagination, you going. isn't it? Yeah, I think. Mm. And like you say, it is. It's like when I say, "When is the last time did you look at your vagina?" Just go and sit with your legs open in front of a mirror. It's like we look at our faces daily. You know, we put expensive creams on there. We put eye cream on there. The collagen goes there. The collagen goes in your vagina. Your membrane in your eye. Your membrane in your mouth is the same membrane as your vagina we need to look after it and you know it's it's you want to keep it keep it going and keep it pleasurable you know and it's down to you us as a woman is to understand yourself so that you like you say you can explain to your husband or your partner because they don't um they don't understand um and to them, sex is, is you know, unless you're, uh, you know, you really are very um, vocal with each other. You know, most men is just wham, bam, thank you, Matt. And it definitely is. They get aroused and it, that's it, you know. But you need to say what you need to be able to say, well, actually, that doesn't really work for me. Or, you know, you know, slamming me from behind is killing me now. It was fine 20 years ago, but it's not working nowadays. Mm, and you know? I think like that is such a big, and I mean, I mean, maybe that's the point we finished this conversation. There's almost a whole different episode I want to have, which is how do we communicate that, about this in relationships? Or how do we mm. communicate this when we're dating? Like, I feel like there's almost like a separate conversation to be had around that, yeah. which is about closing the gap. But as you said, I just think what you said there feels to me kind of like almost the perfect point to kind of round this conversation off on which is mm. it's not working for me anymore like it used to but it might not yeah. now and I guess if if there's a thing that I would like people to take away from this conversation it's that it can sex changes and it's not just like physically what's going on but also how we feel how we think about it and helping people to normalize that or have an acceptance around that or knowing that they can do something about it I guess yeah. for me is the most actionable thing that people can take away from this conversation yeah I totally agree with you yeah and I think that you know this was a great podcast yeah I thought I was gonna have some funny daddy old doctor <laughs> when I saw all your underneath all your name and all your qualifications and whatever I don't know why I just thought I was like oh gonna have some really not uh, I shouldn't say that but some funny old-fashioned doctor and you've come on and, and I was just like wow when he came on I was just thinking gosh what are we going to talk about here 
But yeah, you really know your stuff. You really know your stuff. Amazing. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. It's been really nice. Oh, thank you. Well, can you just remind everyone before we finish? So Meg's Menopause, amazing platform, associated yeah. products and the book. Um, but anything else you want to yeah. kind of point people towards or yeah. resources okay, so, you can direct people towards? Yeah. Okay. So I would say May, uh, the new hot. Uh, taking on the menopause with attitude and style. There is light at the end of the tunnel, ladies out there. Whatever way, holistic, HRT, whatever route you take, it doesn't last forever. Um, it doesn't really go away forever either. So, you know, it's, and and also that is just a band-aid. That's a whole other topic as well. It's all about looking after yourself. It's about, you know, taking care of oneself. And as us women, we're the CEO of the house. We seem to never put everyone else first except ourselves. Um, and you need to put yourself first. So if you want a day off or you want this, do it. And um, yeah, the, the website called is called makesmenopause.com. I also have um, um, I have a, a weekly column now in Stella magazine on the menopause, which is great. So that will be covering each each week online um, a different topic. So if you just want something that's quick and easy and um and the book is available on Amazon, and, and I think it's I think it's great. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having such an open conversation, and I hope that we we can start normalising this as a topic and it becoming more mainstream. Yeah, I think you know what I think we should maybe get a couple of men on. Yeah, I'm up for it. I think yeah, I think we should. I think men that are very open and that are married to women that you know that are in the menopause and how it's changed and what they felt like or what they should do so maybe we should do that maybe we have a couple of us on there I think that would be really good but I'd be very interested to know actually mm. you well, know think, whether you know, they just thought it was over or whether they thought oh maybe I need to start thinking what shall I do here or just think oh is that the end mm. might be quite interesting I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sexual Wellness Sessions. If you'd like to join us for more conversations, you can click subscribe on either Apple or Spotify podcasts. And if you have a moment, please leave us a review.